Hi, I'm Forrest Griffin. Brian Carraway. And Lisa Tate. What's up, guys? This is Joseph Benavidez, UFC Flyweight. Hi, this is Greg Jackson, and you're listening to It's MMA Zing, and that is an amazing pun. Get it? Like MMA, but amazing? I'm amazing. Radio. Welcome to It's M Amazing Radio. I am your host, Dr. Law. With me as always, well, he missed a week. DJ Mark's here. What's up? Also with me, Lavender Gooms. One of the still remaining single people on this podcast. Yeah, the 75%. Um, Kid Presentable will join us shortly. Bit of human tragedy has occurred, and... uh, He's got a, they got a bit of a delay on Bart. We'll go ahead and let you guys Google that shit if you really want to. But he'll be joining us shortly. Um, so, um, some fights happened. Only Mark watched, watched. I watched one fight. He watched one. He watched Overeem, which I believe we said we're not officially picking it, but all of us are like, we'd probably go with Overeem, but we don't feel good about it. Um, Marcus, uh, the Reams out here, been doing this 20 years. Uh, what do you think of his performance? Yeah, it, it it was a pretty good per, uh, performance for him. Uh, to give full context, I knew the results before I watched it, so I, I knew Reem was going to win this fight. And I think even the article I said, like, oh, it was a pretty, pretty easy win for Reem on this one, like pretty standard. And I was like, okay. Um, and I was watching the fight, and I was like, yeah, this wasn't as clear cut as I thought it was going to be, because um, it, it, it kind of was a classic uh, Alistair Overeem fight where he got cracked pretty good early on. And Bobby, he did his classic thing when he gets cracked. He goes up against the cage and covers up and prays for dear God. He doesn't get finished. Um, in this case, he was able to survive. Um, God, Bobby, who's the guy that he was fighting? I just closed that Olenek? window. Yeah, Orlanik. Um, the master of the Ezekiel choke. Yeah, the master of the Ezekiel choke. And, and looking at his record, they're somewhat similar. The, both these guys have had a ton of fights and, the, and their records are oh they're similar. boys too apparently they're buddies mm-hmm. oh i i did not know that this this was a last minute replacement fight um Overeem was supposed to fight um alexander volkov you got that it name? that's his name yeah. volkov okay. you got it okay. but yeah um essentially um old nick uh he put a lot of pressure on alistair which is the right thing to do he really um in the few times they got in a clinch he was consistently going to the body um, and it, none of those punches, and I know Bob, we, we talked about this earlier, and kind of thought like, oh man, he really worked him over. He was not throwing hard to the body, but it was consistent work for about almost five minutes where he was constantly throwing punches to the body in the clinch. And I think that was really to negate Overing being able to set up, you know, really uh, strong uh, knees from the clinch. Although Overing, before the, the finishing sequence, was successful on a couple of occasions. Um, catching him with knees coming in and a few times in the clinch were really, this is what I liked about this fight was Overeem's, you know, best skill set has always been in the clinch, delivering really heavy knees, knowing how to control the wrists, controlling underhooks to just really punish dudes to the body. And when the opportunity arises to, to, to throw those knees up to the head. And that's kind of what we got here was a very calm, collected Alistair Overeem who, you know, was pretty much um, under constant attack, but stayed composed, waited for his moments to unleash those knees in the clinch. And he finally was able to not only work the body a bit, but as the guard started to deteriorate a little bit, he threw some good knees um, off to the side, uh, onto the head 
Um, and that really damaged um, Olnick. And then when he did crumble to the floor, Alistair followed up. He was flurrying. And, and at this point, when he fell from the, the, the knees to the clinch, it was pretty much over. He basically turned to his stomach and didn't really do a lot of things to work himself back up. He was just covering up, almost waiting for the referee to end the fight. Uh, and the one thing I did like that Overeem did, he was trying to finish the fight with just a flurry of blows. And when he wasn't in great position to really lay down heavy strikes, he did the smart thing. He took a second to reposition himself, kind of climb up on the back of him a little bit more, get himself positioned, and just slammed a huge elbow into the side of this dude's head. And that was the end of the fight. And that's kind of what the referee was looking for, is that one decisive blow that is damaging and the opponent has no defense for it, really, which basically had him end the fight. From what I heard after, um, Overeem just, you know, he didn't have any um, big call-outs. He said he wanted to fight Alexander in his next fight. That's who he was supposed to fight here. I think that's a smart fight for him because, obviously, Overeem's still hunting for um, UFC gold. It's the only championship that has eluded him so far. Um, and I think uh, fighting Alexander is a good stepping stone for him to get back in the title p- uh, picture. Uh, you know, this was a good win for him against a solid guy. And in the rankings, I think Olnick was like eight to Overeem seven. So they're still in the, the top 10. So this was a good win for Overeem. But he obviously needs to get a big win because he's been he's been brutally stopped a lot recently. And to kind of erase some of that from the mind, I mean, he needs to have good performances. Does he? Like, How many more do we got out of Overeem here, man? Well, I mean, that's kind of the thing, too. It, it's a double-edged thing, right? Because he does need to get some win wins under his belt. But this is a division where... If you can get three in a row, even if they're not super high-quality guys, you're kind of in the conversation just because it's hard for anyone in this division to really get a solid win streak going. Um, I mean, the the God-honest truth is that I think Overeem on any given day could potentially beat anyone. He has a a strong enough skill set. At the same time, he's susceptible to that himself. His chin is super suspect at this point. I mean, we're sixty. We're, him, we're sixty-three MMA fights in, not counting all the kickboxing. He's, he's turning thirty-nine next year. I mean, thirty-nine is. He's been knocked out in MMA thirteen times, and kickboxing. Yeah, and, I can and, count and at least a couple in my head. Insane. I mean, they're really guys should not be in combat sports past like thirty-five. Honestly, you know, and these guys make it happen. You know, we've seen guys into their late thirties. I mean, how old is DC? He's, he's kind forty. Of up there. Yeah, and he just got the belt. So I mean. There's a president that people can still compete at that age. It's just like I mean, especially in this weight class, it seems like uh, over. about that. We make the jokes, right? This is hitting us. He's hitting the heavyweight prime, forty years old. Yeah, you know? I mean, bad, but I mean, I, I think he he's potentially he could get back in that picture. I think with a couple more wins, I, I think hit him winning the belt. Is, I still think his best. It's not going to happen. That I mean, it, I think it, it. I think it's possible because I think really anyone could. Just given the, the randomness, just given how big these guys are, are and how hard they throw, I think anyone could win a heavyweight fight when you're at this this highest skill level. I think his best chances are far behind him, so I think it's really unlikely. But you never know. DC loses loses to Brock. You got Brock over him again. Neither of them can roid up. It's a closer fight than you think. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think that 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 is a couple fights away. But he needed this win. Um, and, and he, sh- he he seemed really composed in this fight, and he did, he did get blasted early on, and he survived it. Which we, these are good signs, but you know I I can't sit here even as you know one of his biggest fans really think like oh man the comeback train is just rearing around the corner, and UFC gold is the next stop. You know there's some hurdles he has to pass, and he kind of has to beat the odds to get that opportunity, and then really beat the odds to beat whoever's holding that belt. You know I think DC right now would be a tough fight for him because of his record. Uh, wrestling 
um, ability and over him not being great off his back. But you, you never know. You know, someone shoots in, you catch a knee, and then flash knockouts and MMA craziness happens all the time. But we're we're still a good ways away from that. But this is exactly what he needed to get in that in in those conversations. Um, yeah, big win for the Ream. Don't really want to lose. Don't want to go out, fly all the way to. They were in Russia. Um, don't want to fly all the way to, there to lose. Um, worth mentioning for all the you know the Armenians out there keeping track. Uh, Armin Sarukian against Islam Makachev. He lost, but um, that was a performance that um was very. It was very Lando Venata versus Tony Ferguson, where people are like, "Oh, okay." Okay, we got to pay attention to this guy. And Islam Makachev is no joke. So big performance for him. And Roxanne getting a big, big win because uh, nobody nobody thought she was going to win this fight. Um, part of that might just come from who Antonia's sister's, sister is. But, I mean, uh, people thought Roxanne would just kind of get pieced up on her feet. But uh, Roxanne really has managed to uh, handle the grappling in this one and got a big win over Antonia Shevchenko. So... It's good for her. Yeah. Uh, fight card this week. Stefan mentioned it last week, how it got moved to ESPN Plus. Because ESPN, unlike Fox, has some standards, or Fox Sports 1, as to what they're going to error. This is a plus card? Allegedly. I mean, I, I know we're about to take a big old dump on it, but I don't hate it. <laughs> well, okay, no, here's why. It I think for, it was I th- originally uh, on main ESPN when Romero right. was at the main event. But when he had to pull out, it got demoted to ESPN+. Let, let, let me tell you, for ESPN+, Plus, I think it is a very good card. This is exactly what I expect out of ESPN+. Plus. You give me one guy, I know maybe one, ideally I'd know both, at least ideally I'd know Hermanson better too. But you give me one relevant fight and a whole bunch of young cats, all right? I That makes sense to me for your ESPN+, Plus cards. Jack Hermanson stepping in on short notice to fight Jacare. I mean, props, dude. I feel Jacare fights a lot of people on short notice. Or is it just Kamozi a bunch of times? But no, a lot of times, I think like, yeah, I think a lot of times the guy entered the cage of Jacare, they got like two weeks notice. All of a sudden you're getting choked or knocked out. It happens real unfortunate for you. Um, But yeah, Jacare was going to fight Yoel, right? I think. Uh, Are they going to do it again? <laughs> I think that was what the match, I think that was what the matchup was. I think it was a, uh, that's a big Haas fight right there, guys. Jacare and Yoel. Am I not right? Isn't it that who it was? I'm like, somebody help me out. I'm trying to, to get confirmation. There's a lot of there's, there's a lot of fight cards going on. They lost like um, so Romero and Paulo Costa to serve as the event headline. Oh, then then Costa had to get pulled because everybody assumed right. he failed the drug test and he insists he didn't. Um, I guess he was hurt. And then it was gonna be Jacare versus Romero. Uh, Jacare versus Romero too. Um, and then something happened. I don't know. We ended up with Jack Hermanson. Yeah, Jack Hermanson, man, with some props. Uh, props to the man over there. Um, Jacare really wants a title shot. Um, and I think his plan is just he'll fight whoever the UFC gives him, which is no way to earn a title shot. But maybe he'll get one eventually. Um, and uh, woman beater Greg Hardy is taking on some guy. Mike, you got what do you think, man? Jacare going to – I mean, is uh, Greg Hardy going to win or is some guy going to beat Greg Hardy? Now – Considering the reports that Greg Hardy had in that incident, is woman beater strong enough? I mean, horrible piece from- of shit. That's good enough. Now, what do you think? Do you think what do you think we're gonna get here? Well, first, I'm not exactly sure who Dimitros Somalikov is. He's nine uh, and two. He's zero and two against people with Wikipedia pages. 
Well, to give you some bi- a little bio on him, his nickname is The Lifeguard, and he has likely been doing MMA for much longer than Greg Hardy. I mean, he's 36. Sure. He's only got 11 pro fights, but... If you if you're wondering if man. you're wondering what well, um what that what I was trying to say by that is I have no faith in Greg Hardy. He's not getting those, you know, contender guys like he got um Did he win you know, or lose the last one? Honestly, I don't remember what happened. He lost. He lost? It was a he lost due to disqualification. He got DQ'd again? Or again again. He got DQ'd? Yeah. Well, that was when he started getting tired. He couldn't put the guy away and he got DQ'd, right? That's what happened. Like it was a pretty obvious intentional I, foul. I don't believe he was winning the fight, um, and it looked like he illegally need the guy. If I remember correctly, um, the guy was getting up and he just blasted him in the face. It, it looked yeah, like I I, I, it looked like he was done fighting though, Stefan. Do you am I remembering this incorrectly? I thought he was just like fuck this. I'm this isn't going my way. I mean, it kind of looked like he was looking for a way out. Are you guys hearing me? Okay. Yes, we are. Cool, yeah, we are. Cool. Um, but yeah, at the same time, you could have just argued that it was just exhaustion and he was just going on instinct. Um, but he showed how green he was. Um, and yeah, I don't think he deserved the co-main then. I don't think he deserves the co-main now. Um, I think, uh, what was it? You sent me something where it showed him as 3-0. and They need to update that uh, disqualification he's got in there. No, it's 3-1. and No, no, but we okay. were, it was on, uh, it was on uh, I, saw, I sent stuff on it from maybe Junkie or one of the ones who don't give a shit all that much. Yeah, part of me is like, Maybe ESPN also was like, this main event switch gave us our out because I think it's been booked as this for a couple of weeks now, to be honest. Uh, like, I have no idea who this opponent is, and without having ever even looked him up, uh, I can just predict he's really fat. He's just a really soft, not toned in any type of way guy. Um, I, but if he I can will survive. Tell you, Stefan, um, he's not exactly ripped. He's not fat, man. He just looks like a dude. I, I didn't he think just, he was fat. He just looks, like a, he looks like any Russian. Man. Okay, is he solid mass. Is he the 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 potato vodka diet you always talk about, Bob? Is that ah, what he no, is? he's not. He's not Mayushenko, my hero. No, let's not let's not diminish <laughs> Mayushenko at this point. Okay, I mean, he looks like he could have do a couple sit ups. I mean, let's just put it that way. Well, I mean, the, the, there's a lot of there's a lot of tape to expose Hardy. Um, I don't know how far he's come, but if you can survive his early punches and possibly ground him for a round, he's gonna gas quickly. So uh, there is a little bit of a blueprint on well, uh, mean, Hardy's very green weaknesses. Let's apply some logic to this also, despite the fact that we loathe this man and wonder why we have to deal with this in general. But um, football, what's what's it uh, called? Football, all your energy is all, your, it's all about explosive. You explode, then you recover for like uh, 30 seconds. Then you explode and you recover for 30 seconds. It's not the same thing um, in MMA. Um this is very much a kind of ridiculous example, but I remember when, like, Lawrence Taylor, maybe the greatest defensive football player of all time, hell, probably the greatest defensive football player of all time, want to get into wrestling. He had a 10-minute match against Fat Bam, Fat Bam Bam Bigelow, and LT looked like he was going to die at the end, Steph. Do you remember this? They had to carry his ass out. Oh, yeah, they had, like, five guys carrying He was all so really, tired. He did, like, <laughs> one running <laughs> forearm smash and a forearm smash off the middle Yo, rope. Not the top in, rope, in the middle fairness, rope. LT, LT was probably coming down off the cocaine highs. What? So this you gotta, you gotta this, was, this was early 90s pro wrestling. He was still Everybody was still on cocaine. He could have used it. It would have been fine, okay? <laughs> Dude, he was... Yeah, but I... Again, like it's not the same thing. The way you use your energy, and it just you got to manage your wind differently. Yeah, and I mean, it, 
not even saying like exploding every 30 seconds is a bad strategy. I remember, you know, when you when you watch the Sakuraba Hoist Gracie fight, Boss Rutten was saying, yeah, my strategy in this fight would be explode, rest for a little bit, explode. You have to be able to defend yourself adequately in, in those rest periods. And when you're doing the exploding, that's when you're trying to finish the fight, right? And it's probably a better strategy to wait for openings to materialize and then explode uh, and greg it, it's a it's a really tough transition we've seen football players do it um to a better degree i, I look a lot at matt mitrione who um you know was able to kind of convert into mma fairly well and it just doesn't seem like greg hardy has mastered that yet i mean you just look at his record you know he has a lot of wins but they're all within a minute and you know a guy of his size and his athleticism yeah can sustain a high output for a short amount of time it's just like we saw in his last fight when that other fighter can with you know withstand that first onslaught and takes you into deep waters you know do you have the stamina to continue to have those explosions to potentially win the fight if you don't you know that's 14 minutes is might as well be eight hours in there because that's a long day when you're tired and there's some dude hanging on you just getting you even more tired and exhausted and punching you so the the game plans out there you know i, I don't think figuring out how to best greg hardy is difficult it's really just can you survive that first explosion and, and has he gotten potentially better you know i would think an athlete of his stature who had accomplished the things he had in football would know how to train and know that proper training is important to excel in your sport he has to change the, the training regiment and make these improvements i don't know there, if he's that committed or you know yeah i mean also the there was like I mean, not to, I mean, like, the guy lost his fight, and he DQ'd himself and all those things. I remember watching a couple of his fights on the um, contender, Dana White's yada yada. And um, he showed flashes of, like, I mean, because he's a freak athlete. He was, what, was he top five defensive? He was defensive end, right, Steph? Was he top five in the league? He was all pro, right? He, yeah, was, he, the, he was incredibly good at what he was. I mean, he was just He's a different level of athlete. He's like a different level of athlete, and it looked like the way like I remember it's, it, this is the one thing that stuck out to me. He's like he cracked a guy in one of the contender fights and like stepped back, like reset himself, like he didn't just like sloppily do that shit. Granted, he had full energy at that time, so there's like flashes of the guy might be able to do something. Granted, he's as meant he's got you know between the ears is not great, and he's still green right. as hell. And how much he cares, Mark? You made a good point. How much does he care? At this point, to I mean, be part of me, this. to be honest, I was a little surprised. I, di I didn't really watch him on the come up because I, I didn't want to. Um, but once he was on the UFC, I kind of begrudgingly watched him step onto that stage as I felt undeservedly. So uh, one thing I will say I was surprised about seeing him fight. He was a lot flabbier and softer than he was in football. Um, football, he was a much more solid specimen. So I don't know if he came in a little arrogant with MMA. I don't know him personally, but. He just he 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 looked out of shape compared to his playing shape in football. So um, did he just think he was big and athletic and that was enough? Because um, hey man, yeah, the, I, I, the, the drug testing is different when you got a players union to negotiate, buddy. <laughs> they got different sure, drug testing. Uh, doing steroids in the NFL is worth four games, um, and then you get to play the rest of it all you want. You know what's funny? They, remember they say they started drug testing for HGH? Come on, man! Are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> Come on! So, no one's I mean, drunk yeah, maybe the performance enhancers had something to do with it, but that was just something that surprised me. Um, he definitely wasn't as solid of a physique as he was in his uh, football playing. Mike, um, Mike Perry gonna fight another cowboy. This time, Cowboy Oliveira. 
Uh, Mike Perry got to get some wins, right? Like real wins for us to like. There was a hot minute where we thought he might be something, or now we're just back to thinking he's a cartoon character. I mean, we got he's got to get a W here. Well, first, I don't understand why this fight isn't the uh, the co-main event. Okay, um, you understand why? Yeah. I <laughs> okay. But okay, I guess let me rephrase that. This should be the co-main event fight because at the very least, uh, while we think that Mike Perry is uh, just slightly smarter than a bag of bricks, uh, this is going to be an entertaining fight most likely. And you know what? I still have faith that Mike Perry will actually evolve into a better fighter or a smarter fighter. If he loses, this is four or five. Does he have a job if he loses? But we got to remember, here are some of the factors in his favor. He's 27. And if I might, this is going to be his third fight camp in Greg Jackson's camp. Um, I would assume that maybe that'll impart some wisdom, maybe some better tactics when it comes to, to fighting. I mean, let's remember, he he fought Donald Cerrone in his last fight. And, you know, um, he lost quickly. Um, but it's Donald Cerrone, and that's nothing to, to sneeze at. Uh, he looked really good against Paul Paul Felder. I mean, albeit Paul Felder, is, uh, he moved up in weight for that fight. But I think you got to have a little faith in Mike Perry because he has a lot of dynamite in his hands. And if he actually learned how to not be a dumbass, uh, he could be dangerous. I feel last fight, though, he got punished for Winklejohn shit-talking Cerrone. Yeah. And Cerrone took it all out on him. Marcus uh, Glover out here on the fourth. Uh, Glover and John Lineker just in the middle of this card. I mean, I guess this is, I mean, you could do worse, I guess, than watching those two guys in, in respective fights throwing bombs, huh? Yeah, I mean, and that's kind of what I was alluding to earlier when I said, like, I don't hate this card while I don't know their opponents super well. Uh, they're two guys I'm very familiar with, right? And, and Glover's still getting it done. You know, I think... I know I've kind of written him off. I don't really see him as much of a contender at this point. When you look at his last string of fights, he has a real win-lose, win-lose kind of pattern repeating here. He did win his last fight, so he gets another win here. That'll kind of break that little curse he's on. And at the same time, you look at these guys that he's lost to. They are kind of the upper echelon that I consider of the light heavyweight division. So, you know, I think he can get the win here, mostly because I'm not very familiar with his opponent. Um, and a lot of that kind of goes to John Lineker as well. I mean, I think Lineker has a lot more miles on him than Glover does in his uh, career. He's obviously a good bit younger, um, but really just a guy who's pretty much kind of a berserker. And I, I like watching Lineker's fights, right? The dude hits heavy for his weight class, um, and he's coming off some wins here too. Um, and it looks like his last loss was to TJ Dillashaw, so it's not, you know, again, nothing to scoff at. Yeah. Um, but th th these are named fighters, right? And I think when you have an event... Um, at least having one side of the equation where I'm familiar with somebody and I actually like watching their fights is not bad, you know. And this main card isn't, you know. Do you think like, they rearrange this shit? Because the prelims are on ESPN, and I'm looking at these prelims, guys. Like, honestly, if you if you showed me just like okay, I'm, I'm always gonna pick like the ESPN two part. Court McGee, Diego Lima, yeah, I'm in. Angela Hill was supposed to be Jessica Panay, but Angela Hill and J Jody Escabel, I'm in. Jim Miller tying some guy into a bow. I that the more relevant he, fights are on actual ESPN that we know the people. Geez, did, did Jessica Panay have to pull out of another fight? Yeah, Jessica Panay's always hurt now. It sucks. Mm -hmm. Jesus man. Yeah, no, but I agree. Can with I say what? Um, good. Oh, good. No, I said you go. You go, Steph. 
I was going to say is, uh, I know this is clearly a typo, so don't correct me and reveal the truth. I just like that as I look at this card on best fight odds, uh, Carla Esparza has two fights, and in one of them, she's the favorite, and in the other one, she's the underdog. So, which <laughs> what, is what? it? Wait, which, which one? Carla Esparza will we get? Which one? Who was she supposed to fight? Oh, she was supposed to. She's she was... listed on best fight odds against uh, Birna Jandaroba as an underdog. I see. But she is listed against Lavinia Souza as a favorite. Mm-hmm. So I was, was going to say, Carlos Barza is pulling double duty on this card. Man, so Lavinia or it's Livia. Livia Hanata Souza got is hurt. Okay. Livia, Livia's good, man. I've seen Livia fight. She's like real good, and she's thirteen and one, and they replaced her. Well, the girl was 14 and no, the UFC does, is done with Carla. That's that's what that booking means, guys. The UFC is done with Carla at this point, okay? She's there to put over the younger talent. <laughs> yeah, but you also have Andre Orlovsky in the prelims, too. And, I mean, I think he's still a draw, even though, you know, his career is a bit rocky. And I, there was definitely a point where he was coming back up, and that time seems to have... This card's in, car in, like, reverse order. These fights here, all the, the relevant ones I know everybody are on the prelims. And I, I then we go to we go to Roosevelt Roberts versus Thomas Gifford, which yeah, sound and, like, and that's the one I don't know either of them. So it's like, well, easily you can almost put any of those other fights in, and I'm a lot more interested in it than that one in particular because I don't know who those two gentlemen are. But yeah, like I was saying, I, I'm like you, Bob. I'm a little bit more interested in the prelim card than the actual main card. But there's still some meat on that main card. It, this isn't the worst card I've seen in a while, but it's nothing I'm gonna get super excited about either. It's a good, like you said, it's a good ESPN Plus card. It's kind of a weak ESPN card. You're not looking forward to friend and family of the podcast member, Court McGee, fighting the lesser Lima brother? That oh, honestly is going to get a win. I mean, if, if that's, you know what? If Court McGee knocks, I love Court McGee. Let me be clear about this. But Diego, uh, this is Diego, right? Or this, Yes. Yeah, this yes. is Diego Lima. Diego Lima's got a real chin issue. Like, he's got put out in every single fight I've seen him fight. I don't know how many that is. It might be two. But he gets put out a lot, in my opinion. Um, and uh, if Court McGee knocks you out, uh, this may not be for you. I'm just saying. Like, I love Court McGee, but he's not exactly a power puncher. Uh, at least dating back to 2010, Court McGee has no knockouts. I mean, if he does have knockouts, they're like Bisping-style knockouts, just, you know, accumulation. Uh, well, perhaps, uh, perhaps in the Ultimate Fighter finale, he uh, he dropped the guy, then rear naked choked him. But I'm not sure. I would have to go back and watch that fight. That was uh, who did he beat? McRae? Chris McRae. Yeah, yeah. I'm, that was the Savage. Stefan, do the Savage thing. No one's gonna join. Savage. Us. Yeah, that was it. That's um, all he had. That's all he had. That was his whole thing. A quick, uh, quick story. So we, UFC, whatever. John Jones won the belt against Shogun. 128, I think. So me and Mike are over there, and we're in the area we're in. Uh, we see uh, Tiki Gosen. Um, and I'm like, Mike, you want a picture with Tiki? And Mike's like, yeah, man, I guess. So Mike takes a picture with Tiki. <laughs> and then I'm like, okay. I'm like, hey, man, that's uh, Chris McRae. Remember he was uh, like an ultimate fighter? And I'm like, we should get a picture with him. And Mike just goes, nah, man, I'm all right. <laughs> That was, and then uh, Mike saw Ed Lover and almost, you know, came in his pants and had to take a picture with Ed Lover. But uh, that was. What do you mean, almost? <laughs> yeah, okay. Um, Ed Lover uh, of Come On Son and, you know, Yo MTV Raps. And what else did he do? Those are the two important uh, ones, right? Uh, he was also in that movie, uh, The Man. Again, the two important ones I said. 
But uh, also, but yeah. I have no idea who that guy is. Yeah, Ed Lover's the one who does it. Come on, son, came from Ed Lover. Okay. That's a real, that's the thing. Well, I think you're going to have to explain what Come On, Son is. Mar- well, you yeah. know what? Ed, people, YouTube, just put in Come On, Son, Ed Lover. You have a good time. Okay? Oh, he's also famous for the Ed Lover dance. I don't know what Ed Lover dance well, is. Well, I mean, yeah. If, if if I knew of Ed Lover dance but didn't know who Ed Lover was, I would have connected those dots. So, yeah. Not familiar with his YouTube body of work, but good on him. I'm glad, Mike, you're excited to see some guy say, come on, man, and do a little dance for you. Oh, I think that's come what we... on, son. Son. Come on, son. Come on, son. is far behind. Yo, MTV Raps is his greatest achievement by, like, a mile. Ah, oh, come on, son. Um, all right. Um, I don't know what we were fucking talking about. Oh, yeah, we also met Tan Dan. Dan Mergliotto. Very nice guy. Wouldn't tell us Massive. exactly. Wouldn't tell us exactly. What uh, Josh Koscheck was saying to Paul Daly, but he just said it was a lot of bad stuff. That's what pro- provoked Dan, Paul Daly. Lamborghini for sure uh, bakes right. Like uh, I don't mean like weed. I mean like he actually goes to a tanning booth. I mean Tan like, Dan, yeah, man. That was gotta... an unnatural shade of brown. dude was like six four. Looked like he's about three bills. Just the largest human being I think I've stood next to. Um, I thought you meant he makes cakes, but all right, yeah. <laughs> Um, anyway, um, so some news that happened, um, I guess Jorge Masvidal is going to face Ben Askren and I guess guess Jorge Masvidal said the UFC guaranteed him a title shot if he won. So that's not happening. He he was lied to. Um, but, uh, I guess also, uh, the next, uh, we're going to get, uh, Camaro defending his belt is what it sounds like in August. Um, or alleg- according to uh, the number one contender, Colby Covington, he said in August is when they expect that fight. So we'll see if that actually comes together. Um, I imagine Kamaro wins that fight, but we'll see. Um, anyway, we're not talking about any more fights, guys. I'm surprised we talked about MMA for the 20 or 25 minutes we did already. Um, uh, there's going to be no podcast next week. Let me put that out there right now. Taking a uh, break. Taking a break. Oh, Mark is Mark's gonna learn how to re, uh, is gonna relearn how to record this himself. Yeah, it's not gonna happen. It's not gonna happen. This, taking a break. We're not gonna. You know what? Too hot right now. It needs Look, to cool off. I mean, I was gonna say, guys, there's not a lot happening. I was gonna. Is there even a card? Like, like what is? When's the next pay per view? It's gotta be in May. You said we were, we were done with MA, so I closed that Wikipedia. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know what? We don't get. To, we we probably will. We'll try to put our. Uh, I don't know. This fucking fight's happening. Uh, maybe we'll put the we'll try to put our picks up online, but uh, Ally Quinta versus Donald Cerrone's happening, and I am so fucking in. I, I did anybody catch that getting announced at any point? <laughs> nope. I thought it, who, who was just calling? Oh, it was um Gaethje. Wasn't he saying Al's too scared to fight him? So I just assumed Al didn't have another fight because of his. I, think, I thought that was before Gaethje uh, won against. Uh, who did Gaethje knock out? He knocked out uh, Edson. Edson. He put he put Edson down quick. Okay, that was so, before that. Maybe he didn't have a fight. Just uh, to let you guys know, the next numbered UFC is uh, May 11th. Rose Namajunas versus Andrade. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Anderson Silva's fighting on that card too. Jose Aldo. I like Jose Aldo versus Volkanovski. That's a good fight. Um, preliminary right now. Do people got Rose or people got Jessica Andrade? And new. Yeah, in, I think Jessica is Rose's worst matchup in the division. I, I think 
I think Jessica's a bad matchup for basically everybody. I I got Jessica also, but my only hesitation was how poorly Jessica performed the last time they gave her a title fight. She kind of froze. But she's at home, so we'll see. Um, Mark, what do you think right now? I always roll with the champion. Come on. Rose beat the odds before. She can do it again, even though this girl's huge and strong. And- <laughs> <laughs> she looks like she's a Terminator. She had no problem. Oh, we never thought we never thought Rose could stand with Joanna Champion and beat her up, and she fucking did. So Yeah, that's true, man. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not calling. I'm not, I'm not betting against her, even that- though she might. Is this even BJ- though she obliterated, absolutely obliterated uh, Carolina? I'm just putting it out there. Is this BJ Penn Clay Guida thing gonna happen still? Because uh, maybe we take BJ off that card. Just put it out there. Um, mm. Just oh, and the return of the female goat, Betch Kohea against Irene Aldana. I don't hate that fight. <laughs> I, I was gonna say, Betch, yeah, Betch has a Betch had like a eye thing. In all seriousness, she I think she took her a while to get back from that. She um, was it against Holly? Well, I think she had the eye thing wasn't necessarily related to the. Maybe it was. She got, kicked, she got kicked in the fucking head, bad. Maybe, but Irene is a bit of a. She she was a bit of a little disappointing as a prospect. She's she's tend to get hit a little more than she has been hitting people lately. Um, but. Betch is a punching bag, so uh, I like Aldana to maybe get some of that luster back. Um, All right, let's do stuff we like. Um, First off, I want to lead off with what provided me a great amount of entertainment this week. So during our podcast on Monday, um, the NXT tag team, the uh, War Raiders, formerly known as War Machine on the independent scene, you pretty much understand why they had to change that name once they got to WWE. Debuted on television, on, on the main roster. Uh, wait, wait, wait. What, why do they need to change it? Is it because of Marvel or yes. because War Machine no, brutally yeah. attacked Marvel. his former wife? Well, probably both of those things, but I'm going to go mostly the Marvel part. That War Machine legally changed his name because he was also scared of Marvel. Yeah, all the, those things happened. Um, anyway, so they came out on Monday Night Raw. People are like, oh, shit. It's Rowan Hansen. It's the fucking, you know, it's it's the goddamn War Raiders. It's great. The crowd starts chanting war, war, war. And then the announcers say their name. And Stefan, what was the name they gave him? The Viking Experience. And also, I, a theme park ride in the UK and four different museum attractions around the world. Mark, you weren't here for this, so let me tell you. I don't think I've seen wrestling fans come together to universally say, fuck that so clearly in years like all the jokes for the rest of the week was anytime anybody posted anything on wwe was like oh shit aj styles is on raw the first comment the phenomenal experience is on raw everything was the fucking experience it was wonderful my favorite being when uh kairi sane debuted in a tag team with asuka to just simply be the japanese experience yeah that was um it was hilarious it was great um, you had some half-assed attempts to defend it by some of their employees, but uh, they changed their name be- to the Viking Raiders uh, today. Why can't they just be the War Raiders? Because I don't know. If I'm in the crowd and I'm at an event, I'm doing what you do when you see the War Raiders. War, war, war. It's what you chant. Um, they built something and had a following, and they're like, you know what? Let's just shit all over that. It's you know all that merch that we sold you guys? Throw it away. That's there not was, a thing anymore. There was a clip from an NXT house show this weekend because they're still the champions of NXT. So they come out, and they're like, uh, the NXT tag team champions. People are cheering. And they changed their first names, too, for no reason, by the way. 
to Eric and Ivor. I don't know how one guy got stuck with Eric only, but anyway. It's and the crowd's Eric with a K. Yeah. But I don't know. I liked Rowan Hansen personally. But the crowd's cheering. Yeah. And the announcer's like, the NXT Tag Team Champions, the Viking Experience. Boom. The whole crowd shit on it. Um, it was, they, they really, that was an impressive level of like, just fucking something up. Um, I think Mass Man said it like their thing is supposed to be is they channel the spirit of Vikings to kind of fight in a very like berserker style mode. They weren't supposed to be literal Vikings because that turns them into a weird like early 90s like gimmick. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's dumb. I, li- I like the theory that it's all Triple H's fault because Vince never watches NXT, but he was at the event and they had like a big Viking entrance and Vince was like, yes. That's what I want. That's my terrible Vince impersonation. But um, yeah, that was uh, that was hilarious. Honestly, so, uh, so you think that um, the name change has to do with Vince and not Triple H? No, yes, yeah, it's, it's it's no Triple H. Let me tell you what the WWE is run on the whims of a seventy-five-year-old man. Who at this point we should all be checking to see if he's playing with a full deck of cards. Just saying, that's. You know, he took a lot of stunners in his day. We last don't know week, they had Roman Reigns punch him in the face last week, and I'm like, he's punched an old man in the face. I can only cheer for this so much, guys. <laughs> to, to, to add to your comment, Steph, it's a man that took a lot of stunners, and from the videos I've seen, never learned how to take them well. Oh, no, Vince can't work. Stiff as possible, <laughs> and that was the beauty of him. It's like he just went full rigor mortis on Stephanie, so I swear to God, Stephanie's the best wrestler in the family. Shane McMahon just throws real punches at people. Everybody leaves the match with a black eye. <laughs> That's how Shane punches are. Shane just kind of lunges his body, I think. He's like, what's high? I'm willing to fall off of that. Shane trains with, um, what's the name of the guy in New York? Um, GSP's guy. Enzo? No, um, well, him too, but uh, kickboxing coach. Phil nurse? nurse, Phil Nurse. He trains with Phil Nurse because they show him training with Phil Nurse. I'm like, Phil Nurse doesn't know how to throw a working punch. Phil <laughs> th- punch punch. He knows how to punch punch. And I'm like, the end of matches, Miz has got a broken nose. I'm like, poor fucking Miz, <laughs> just taking goddamn bombs from this, you know, testosterone jacked up 45 year old. Um. Anyway, um, that was uh, that was entertaining for me. Um, that was really, uh, and I, I got caught up on a bunch of shows. I got caught up on Brooklyn Nine-Nine. I got pro- caught up on Shit's Creek. I got caught up on Bob's Burgers. I watched Game of Thrones. I got thoughts, but I figured we're going to end with that. But, um, Mark, what do you got this week? <laughs> yeah, I got quite a bit of things. So I'm going to run through the video game stuff, uh, real quick first. Um, picked up a handful of new games, uh, as I was gone on my honeymoon. That's what I'll talk about mostly is the, the wedding stuff. But, um, yeah, picked up some really interesting stuff. Uh, probably one of the highlights. Um, and through this process, I did also learn, I guess I'll start with, um, I guess Final Fantasy VII is my favorite game now of all time. Uh, it has to be because if you buy a game six to seven times, it has to be your favorite game. Why would you continue to do that over and over again unless you're insane? For, for um, a second, I thought you were going to say you just started playing Final Fantasy VII for the first time. No, this is, I think I counted like the sixth or seventh time I've bought some kind of version of Final you Fantasy. You definitely bought it three times while we lived together. Yeah, I got it. The original PS3. It also works on the Vita. I got it on PC. I got it when they re-released it on PS4. I just bought it on Switch. It's also on my PlayStation Classic. So when you buy any any one thing that much time, I just come to the realization that must be my favorite game because why would I keep doing that over and over again if I just didn't love it to death? 
Um, so another game I picked up on the Switch was a completely never heard of it before. Just saw it on the store and was like, oh, this game looks kind of cool. It's called uh, The Friends of Ringo Ishikawa. And what drew me to this is that it looked kind of like an updated version of one of my favorite Nintendo games, uh, River City Ransom. Watching the trailer, I was like, yeah, this kind of looks like a newer version of River City Ransom. Uh, decided I'd pick it up. And I've really been blown away by the story of this game and how well it's been translated and just how good the dialogue and writing is. Um, it's basically about a group of delinquent high school high schoolers that are kind of in a gang in Japan, because that's what delinquents in Japan high school do, is they beat up each other, I guess. And um, But it's a really interesting story about this group of friends. One of them is trying to be a professional fighter. So like in one of the first fight scenes you have, he's like, oh man, I busted my little pinky, my, my, my little finger. And he's like, ah, you don't need that for the tournament anyways. It's a really interesting story, and it kind of plays out a little bit like Persona or Shenmue, where you're basically going through these day cycles, and you can choose if you want to go to class and take notes while you're in class or just stare out the window and try to get better grades. Or if you want to just kind of roam the streets with your friends and get in fights and, you know, beat people up, take their money, use that money to buy food at the stores or get a gym membership and boost stats. It's if you ever played River City Ransom, you kind of know what to expect. And this is kind of a more updated version of that. Um, the one thing I wasn't super thrilled about is it does not hold your hand. Basically, after you kind of go through some of the beginning story beats, it's kind of like, just do whatever you want. And that's a little weird. I'm just like, what am I supposed to be doing now? Um, but I've really been enjoying it. Um, coming out this week, uh, when you guys are listening to this, Mortal Kombat 11 will be hitting uh, for not just PS4, Xbox, and PC, but it's also coming out on Switch, which is kind of cool. Um, and then on Friday, the PS4 exclusive Days Gone, which is a open world zombie apocalypse game where you play as a biker is coming out. I'm very excited for that as well. Uh, but mostly what I want to talk about is um, I did just get married on Sunday. And I think the process of throwing a wedding is very interesting. And I feel like a lot of people, maybe in our generation, maybe just in general, kind of has to have to weigh the pros and cons of, you know, throwing a big, a big wedding ceremony or just eloping. And during the process, Obviously, eloping, there's a lot of appeal, just it's a lot cheaper, it's a lot easier. But having gone through the process of, you know, setting up uh, a wedding ceremony, you know, it is stressful, it's expensive, there's lots of pieces to kind of get organized and put together for this one day. And, you know, I was really fortunate not just to have a wife that was very supportive and helpful in getting all this stuff set up, but my mother really did a lot to kind of keep us on the straight and narrow, make sure that we were getting things done in a timely manner. Um, it's a stressful endeavor, but I can honestly say, and I think, you know, part of it has to do with luck. I had a great ceremony. I really appreciated it. And I can easily say at the end of it that it was worth, you know, all the trials and tribulations me and Christine went through to just try to set it up, you know, all the anxiety it produces, um, you know, the stress level, not just on us, but family members and friends and organizing people to come, you know, it is a lot to it and it could be a lot of work. And, but I think at the end of the day, what you ultimately get is a very important day and ceremony for something that's very important in your life. And, I feel like the easy route would just be to get a lope, go to the courthouse, you know, we get married, get all the paperwork done, and that's that. But at the end of it, and, you know, granted, your results may vary depending on family dynamics and friends and how they do with each other. You know, like I said, we were very lucky. We had a very, you know, great ceremony. Everything just went off without a hitch. 
Um, and in that regard, for me, it was completely worth it. Um, if you're in a similar situation with your significant other and are debating, you know, the pros and cons of it, you know, everyone's situation is a little bit different. Maybe having a big wedding ceremony just isn't financially viable for you. Um, but if it is, if you can, you know, keep it within your means um, and you have, you know, the support and love of family and friends that, you know, would want to be part of something like that, uh, it is really impactful and special. And I can just say from my personal experience, it was totally worth going through it. And I know there's definitely days where I was like, man, this is just a lot of stress. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of money. It's a lot of kind of moving things around. Uh, but it was a lot of fun. I had a great time. Bobby was my best man. Steph was part of the groomsmen. Um, they both gave speeches where they fucking killed it, which was awesome. Yeah, we and, did. Yeah, you guys did a great job. And I really was like Stefan said before that he did a good wedding speech. I was like, well, let me just see that for myself. He fucking killed it. Um, and then after that, another thing I'd like to kind of talk about just for a second. We had our honeymoon in Vancouver. Um, I had been there before a long time ago. And I'll brief summary i just really love canada and vancouver is the only city i've been to so I, you know maybe other parts are very different but all of the kind of stereotypes that you hear that they're very polite and easygoing i completely 100 percent agree it was astonishing we had a airbnb kind of in downtown vancouver and i told christine like the second day like i haven't heard one fucking car horn the whole time we've been here if you go in san francisco you can't go 10 seconds without a car horn, some bum berating you on the street, just weird shit happens all the time in a big city. And that's just how I, I was just like, well, that's just big city life for, you know, there's a lot of people here. There's a lot of contrasting personalities. It's just loud and obnoxious. And when I was in Vancouver, I was like, man, everyone's fucking quiet. The whole city, it, it was really weird. The first morning we got up, we went to Tim Hortons, which is basically Canada's Dunkin' Donuts. And it was literally like the only place that was open. That town does not start until 10 a.m. in the morning. And I was like, how is this feasible for a city to function when nothing's open till 10? Everything closer, closes around around like 6 or 7. I remember we went to this one place that like just sold wine. They're like, oh, yeah, we're open late. We're open till 10 at 10 p.m. I was like, you fucking shitting me? 10 p.m. is not late. That is like standard business hours here in the States. But um, we just had a fantastic time. It was really great. So, uh, yeah, if you're thinking about getting married and you got the money and the support system, I say go for it. Very important question. Yeah. Did you get the 10 bits? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw those and I was like, well, I like donut holes, so I'll get a bunch of those. You know what? I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be real with you, Mike. They didn't leave a great impression. They're like, they're all right. They're just little donut T holes. They Timmy Hortons. Timmy Hortons didn't do it for you too much, man. <laughs> I mean... It was, I wanted to try it. You know, I knew it was kind of a Canadian staple. And man, those fucking places are everywhere. It's like almost oh, yeah. worse than Starbucks. It is literally like you can throw stones across that's, the street. That's where you get your coffee, man. And I did. I got coffee there. It was good. It just, you know, I, and I wasn't expecting a lot. I knew it was kind of a Dunkin' Donut chain. So it wasn't about quantity. It's about convenience. It's literally like one of the only fucking places that's open. So you don't have a lot of options. But I did enjoy it. Um, and just overall, um, Canada was great. I had a great time. Currency is in our favor right now, so that was great. And the people on the on the streets are just so polite. Oh man, there's no one's cutting you off in Canada. Everyone's giving you plenty of space to turn. It is just like, man, this is what a functioning society should work like. And I come back to the states and fucking assholes everywhere. I'm like, man, how do we deal with this shit? It's so when you see you're one stuff, of the assholes too. Is the thing, Mark? You're oh, one man. of the assholes um, too. You know me, driving. I'm letting everybody in. You got 
man, I'm not here to stop your ways. But yeah, it, it, we had a great time. It was a lot of fun. So yeah, sorry yeah. I missed the show, but it was worth it. So right on, um, Mike. You got anything before we get into Game of Thrones? I've got nothing else. Stefan, you want us to get into Game of Thrones or you got something before we do this? I got something quick. I mean, the countdown is on. I'm fucking excited. By the time we do the next show, I will have seen the Avengers Endgame at least three times. I got them early Thursday premiere tickets. I got the Saturday IMAX. Wait, 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 real quick, Stefan, real quick. Mike, how excited are you to go see this movie at 9 p.m. after you get home from work? Um, I'm seeing it with Mike. Spoiler alert for folks. Part of the reason I'm not going to be, we're not going to have a show next week, is I'm going to be in New York. So you know, I'm I, I'm not going to lie. I'm not looking too much forward to it, but I at least know I'm not going to be as tired as Bobby because we have a showing at 9 p.m. Bobby lands at like what 7:30 maybe? Ah, like 7:15. <laughs> like so bobby's gonna be like fresh off the plane he's gonna be all sweaty probably needs to wash his balls or something mm-hmm. like no 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 those last going two things straight to the movies bro i'm just gonna say mike if, if you would mike if you want to grab me like a five-hour energy just to like you know yeah, I, can, I can bring you two things bobby i can bring you a five-hour energy and i still have a packet of the shower wipes from japan I'm good, man. You know what? I'll be okay. I'm telling you, know? you, those things are a godsend. You use like three of them, one of them for the face, the other for the general body, and the other, you know, for the... You said balls already, man. Yeah, that's a good you know, point. That, you know what we censor ourselves oh, all? Yeah. I, uh, I, I actually do have one thing I like this week. Easter, because I was I am able to curse again freely, play video games, and uh, eat sweets. Nice, good man, job. old man. If if that Marvel scroll doesn't bring you to life, anyways, then why are you even going to the movie at all? Like, uh, if that yeah, you because Sal, I, because Sal said, if that we're going to the movie because that memorable Avengers theme comes on and you don't get excited, um, we're going to the movie because the groom wants us to go to the movie. <laughs> That's why we're going to the movie that day. Because everyone's if fucking anything, <laughs> if anything, we'll sit next to each other so that way, if we fall asleep, we each have a shoulder we can uh, sleep on. Exactly. Good plan, Mike. We're going to get real romantic. Um, all right. Let's talk about Game of Thrones um, and how Tormund. To, how do you say his name properly? Tormund. Tormund. Goddamn stole episode two. And it's coming from me, who's the biggest Podrick fan, Podrick fan for no reason. Stefan, what do you think of the episode? <laughs> um, I'm particularly high on it. I think that was one of the best episodes of the series. Um, because it was the opposite of what so many of my complaints of the previous season were, were kind of big for the sake of it action set pieces. Um, this episode, I think, was a reminder of what I think makes Game of Thrones great, and that's the character moments. Um, you had really, really great character interactions. It was kind of, I mean, I understand people are getting antsy, but it was the precipice of a big battle. Um, you had a lot of people kind of, operating on this hey this is our last night on earth type moment um and to borrow uh how they talked about it on a podcast that i listened to called the watch um but it is exactly my thoughts and what i enjoyed about the episode so much um one of my absolute favorite tropes in any type of like hollywood medium is the mcbain moment um and the mcbain moment if you are unfamiliar is uh the simpsons arnold schwarzenegger like uh parody character in his movie and he's got a partner who's essentially uh danny glover and uh he's two days from retirement right and he just bought his boat that he's gonna you know he bought it a day early you know he's gonna go sail off what's the name of the boat it's called the live forever 
Um, and we had three character moments like that where it's like we had my man Grey Worm go like, oh, where where in the world do you want to go when this is over? I will take you there and my army will defend your peace loving people. So uh, we know he's absolutely gone. We had uh, Brienne in a very beautiful knighting moment, but we just had characters hit these moments where like that's their crescendo. We've kind of completed and fulfilled their arc. So be ready to say bye to them in the ensuing bloodbath but um beyond that i love the character moments i love the little interactions um there was a c- couple cringy moments but you know that's just your personal matter of taste but um yeah i know some people thought it was boring and slow but i thought it harkened to what the really best parts of these of these like shows have been so speaking of uh speaking of the brianne moment when she got knighted for me that moment was so emotional that i started like there's certain weird things that make me tear up and like kind of cry on a show but i had to nip that shit in the bud quick why because i was watching yesterday's episode around four women (laughs) (laughs) nope Mm -mm. i had to no that was that i had to drive that was that was was brian shattering the glass ceiling right there. that was that was a real that was a good moment man did you guys also notice that Gwendolyn Christie, the character who the the actor who plays Brienne, you see her outside of the show. She's smiling all the time, but on the show, Brienne has always had an extremely grim facade. She has always had, if not a neutral expression on her face, always a scowl on her face. And the first thing I realized at the end of that scene is, whoa! Like Brienne is smiling. You've never seen that in like the seven seasons she's been on. Man, the show. She, she didn't have a reason to smile. Those things That's weren't exactly going peachy most of the time. Up I mean, I, I told point. Bobby the, the the thing I wanted out of this last episode is I want that gif of Tormund just clapping his ass off for her. Like he that like is a such a papa. genuinely real joyous moment. That moment where he pops with the clapping that was him being the avatar to the audience because we were all like standing ovation, standing oh, ovation. You know, you know, Stefan's watching too much wrestling when he said he pops. I just I enjoyed that too. Um I uh Mike told me his prediction, by the way. Stefan didn't like my Arya prediction. Granted, I recognize I it's not gonna happen. Bobby that our, predicting Arya to take the throne just is, is insulting. Mike that has no, Mike said Mike says nobody's gonna be on the throne. Mike's picking the apocalypse. That I'm is picking, a no, more I'm, reasonable I'm, scenario I'm than Arya. I'm not picking an apocalypse. What I'm picking is that uh Daenerys and John are going to die. They defeat the Night King. Cersei's dead, and the realm decides. And and the realm decides. No, we don't need one ruler ruling us anymore. This is stupid. And then Arya stabs all these motherfuckers and takes the throne. Mark, you haven't talked about Game of Thrones yet at all. You've been gone. What do you got? (laughs) Oh, that's because I've seen zero minutes of new Game of Thrones. Oh goddamn it, man! Oh my god. About it, I'm just like whatever. I really, I'll see it when I see it if I ever see it. But I'm not like wrapped up in it but i always agreed with uh well i agree with mike i think what should happen is like this like fucking they kill a dragon and now they have a zombie dragon like they're not getting away from that shit they're done it's over <laughs> everyone should die but it's hbo and it's like where they're gonna do a million spinoffs and i know they're all supposed to be like prequel kind of shit or whatever but like they're not just gonna have the zombie apocalypse because the problem is they don't want to have the walking dead when the walking dead is not popular anymore even though it'd be fantasy walking dead which isn't the, the worst thing in the world but yeah i don't know who's gonna win. H- H- HBO to see the- everyone's like who's gonna win the game of thrones i was like i didn't know it was an actual fucking game the whole time I <laughs> it was a metaphor. 
you know, books do that shit. Not everything is literally what it is. So I didn't know everyone's talking about who's gonna who, who's gonna win the game with. I was like, who wins this shit? And I, it is that it's that meme, right? It's when he um he was cutting off the dude's dick, and he's like, you haven't been watching this shit. You think it's a good ending? Well, you retarded. <laughs> everyone's gonna die. Why do you think? anyone's gonna win or it's gonna be like the worst most evil character man it, they're gonna it's it's it's, it's, a, it's gonna be a happy ending i'm, I'm with you i'm with no, you on that stuff it's gonna be a happy so. ending i think they've been uh my premise is the showrunners have kind of been quite cowardly since they didn't have the books to follow anymore how many major characters died last season that really should have besides Littlefinger? there were so many of the peripheral characters that should have fallen and they just didn't Although, perhaps they were basically waiting for the Battle of Winterfell. Look, man, look. That's Everybody's giving them a lot of credit. That's... Next week. Everybody, all right? Next week is going to be like that verse from the No Sex in the Champagne Room when Chris Rock is talking about the Zodiac signs, all right? Everybody uh, die. Brienne, you're going to die. Pod, you're Mike, going to die. Mike, you literally Tobin, giving a 20 year old reference. Die. It's a 20-year-old reference for a song that, like, <laughs> there's no way people remember as well as you and I do. Kids don't die. listen to Chris Rock. die twice. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, it was a really good episode. Though. I really enjoyed it. Um, Just one last thing. In my opinion, every character who had a sense of closure happen in this last episode, you're dying. So, Grey Worm. Grey Worm. Uh, Brienne. Brienne. Uh, fucking uh, Tormund. We got his life story. Tormund. That uh, was one. That was the best. Um, <laughs> Delorious Ed had his moment at the wall. I mean, at, at the at the top of that wall with uh, Sam and uh, John. He died. What about um? They kind of uh, gave Arya her the, yeah, well, moment as well. Well, they pretty much said Theon's dying. I mean, yep. Theon's dying. Well, I don't know. How about fucking? Uh, I was gonna say Arya. How about uh, uh, uh Gendry? Gendry? Can't kill a virgin. That's gone. Well, he already wasn't. No, I guess Gen- Gendry will make it to uh, repopulate the Baratheon line. Well, I'm just saying, given my scenario where Arya's going to be naturalized, if Arya's going to be on the throne, she needs to hang out with somebody. So I guess I got to keep this kid alive in my scenario. Um, I don't. I mean, if Sansa wants to go, I'm cool with it. Just saying, that's not going to happen. But that's just Bobby me. hates Sansa. Though I really don't like Sansa. Uh, you know what? Um, show. It's because Sansa I. You know what it is? So I did much- not like. The last X-Men movie was terrible, and it's partly her fault. <laughs> Go ahead. I, I, I'll tell you this, Bobby. I know you haven't read the books, but uh, HBO Sansa, so much more of a likable character than uh, book Sansa. I, don't I think hate HBO book Sansa. I don't think HBO Sansa is that, that likable either. That's just me. Uh, trust me. She, she's, grown, she's grown into her role and in, in, into being a leader. Um, I've enjoyed everything Sansa has done in like the last three seasons. I absolutely thought her. Uh, it was a, one of the low points of the series. Her feud with Arya last season. So I vehemently disagree. Yeah, she did one good thing. That was okay? a very big low. She's point done exactly one good thing in like the last like seven seasons. Yo, with, uh, was pre- I mean, Arya was pressing up on her. I was like, Yo, back up, girl. What's uh, what's the name of the motherfucker? The the bastard. The other bastard. She helps us that. A couple. Ramsey? No, the uh, yeah, Ramsey. Oh. She did. That was it. And they helped get Littlefinger killed, right? That was the only thing Sansa's uh, done well. About, how about saving Winterfell by, you know, actually calling the Knights of the Vale? Yo, I didn't, see, I, I didn't see a sword advice? in her hand. I didn't how see a sword in her hand. They're called the Riders of Rohan. That she gave to John that John just ignored. John has become the biggest idiot on this show the last John, time. John Snow is the only pure baby face on this show, okay? That could sit on the throne, 
Okay, I'm just saying. I'm, I'm Everybody else got this is gonna end. We had the the Knights of the Vale with the Riders of Rohan. In this one, Howland Reed is gonna show up on his floating castle that's on the back of a giant turtle, and they are gonna stomp all over the marching dead. And we're gonna get the magical reeds. Howland Ar- is gonna be our Gandalf moment. Arya's um, gonna stab Danny. I had a I had a pre- someone that said a prediction yesterday that uh you're not going to see the Night King at all at Winterfell next episode because think about this logically. There's two dragons at Winterfell. He's got one dragon. Why in the world would he go to Winterfell where there are two dragons? No, no, no. My man is going to King's Landing with his one dragon and wrecking shop. I was talking to Bob. I want to believe this, Mike, but um, the low point of the episode for me was the stupid motivation they gave the Night King. Uh, and if that holds true, what the Night King's motivation is, he's not going to. He wants, he wants Endless Night. How's that stupid? He wants Bran. That's his motivation. He needs to get Bran. He wants Bran to cause an Endless Night. He wants his people to never have to worry about the sun. What's so bad about that? It's a good motivation. Fucking stupid. (laughs) It's a reach, Mike. (laughs) See, that's why y'all can't be the Night King. Fucking stupid. Any chance of him winning went out the door with that stupid ass <laughs> uh, motivation, okay? I'm just saying. Arya. All bow down to Arya. You guys gotta learn. Um Mike, how do no, you feel about the sex they, scene? If the, if the Night King wins, Bobby, though, they're gonna do that thing where he erases Bran and all the memory of history, and then it'll be that Sopranos black screen for five minutes. I would like that actually. I'm I vote for that scenario. What? Mike what did i think of the aria sex scene Um, how uncomfortable were you scale of one to ten i was extremely uncomfortable but i was happy for aria because no one should die a virgin so i didn't mind they did the sex scene i think it's awkward that they did the nude shot because we have known her since she was she was a child so that's kind of how we associate her as a character and like the other ones, like Danny, doesn't do the nude scenes anymore. Like Sansa never did the frontal scene. Like so, I, was, I thought it was weird that, like, okay, now we're gonna Maisie wants to do well, the frontal scene. Well, that was Maisie, a little awkward. Maisie to me. didn't do a frontal scene either. The most you saw was her butt and like a little, like barely any side boob. You, you get some. Uh, nip- you get the nipple. <laughs> I, I, did, I, I was cool not seeing her butt personally. Just saying, but. Yeah, I know. I, mean, I know the girl's like twenty something, but still, I was like, "Yeah, you were like, uh, you felt like you were like ten when this shit started." So she also still looks like she's like fifteen. So there's that. Too. She's got that bayonetta arsenal. She's got the dagger. She's got the sword. She's got the bow and arrow. She's got the spear. She's, I, don't I know like how she the, carries all these. Uh, how she carries all these arms. Part of the fun of Game of Thrones for me are all the memes. I'll be honest with you guys. I really enjoy the next day memes. They make me very happy. It and the one weak. it was weak this week compared to last week. The yeah. one I liked was that uh, they showed Arya when she was laying next to uh, is it Gendry or Gendry? Gendry. Gendry. RG. When she, yeah. Just when like she was she, G, boy. When she was laying next to him and she had a look on her face and the meme was when when Arya realized she should have went to visit Podrick instead. I was like, yeah. Word. Oh, Podrick, voice of an angel. You guys wondering how Podrick's getting it done, folks? Voice of an angel and the prostitute that he's too good. The prostitutes don't charge him money. <laughs> Brienne goes down. Fucking Podrick's gonna have to lead these men to victory. That's all I'm saying. Okay, you think Jamie's taking over? Nah, one Podrick army. 
Um, I like that they made Podrick finally be good at fighting. Like, they showed him training for, like, four years. It's nice that we got some payoff. No, I mean, shit, man. He couldn't suck forever. It's like, what's his name? It's like Malcolm Gladwell? You gotta do your 10,000 hours, right? Eventually you master something. Um, Next episode is, like, what, 90 minutes? They're gonna uh, do that shit? Yeah. Oh, uh, one last thing. Um, Two things I noticed from this episode and the previous episode. Um... In the previous episode, John learns at basically the end of the episode that he is uh, Aegon Targaryen um, and, you know, all of that. And this episode, Danny finds out that he's a Targaryen and that, you know, his uh, his dad is Rhaegar Targaryen. Um, I don't know if this is just par for the course with Game of Thrones, but these people's priorities... When they learn this information, it is just out of whack because John last week, he finds out that, you know, that information, first thing he thinks is, oh, it is treason. Ooh, no, it's treason. We can't, we can't betray daddy. Mm. And in this episode, daddy's first two thoughts are, man, your brother and best friend are bullshitting. All right. I smell something funny. And then the second priority is, oh, no, wait, you, you're going to have a better claim to the throne at, than me. With none of these two, the, the thought popped into their head, I had coitus with my aunt slash nephew. Yeah, that doesn't matter in this universe. I don't understand. Like, she spent her whole life thinking she was going to marry her brother Viserys. Why is this going to be a deal breaker for her? It'll be weird. I could understand it being weird for John. I don't, it, it wouldn't be weird for Danny, though. And everyone who brings this up, I like, you haven't been paying attention to this story. It's well, weird for Mike. I, no, I'm saying, I'm saying, I would think it'd be weird for them because, well, for John, first of all, he had no, none of that. So, you know, incest doesn't exactly run in the Stark family. And we never, at least in the show, they never really say whether Viserys and Danny were going to be married at any point in hell. You realize that they're not, and you know, in the first episode of the series when she gets married off to call Drogo. So you really can't say that Danny grew up thinking she was going to be marrying her brother. They talk about the Targaryens wedding each other throughout. It's Cersei's always her defense why it's okay that she sleeps with Jamie. But it's not like Danny lived through that tradition. I mean, if you accept it about her family, I don't see like why you would assume it's a big deal. The 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 burden would be to go pr- disprove the other side, not this way. All right, but I don't. I guess I kind of feel that. If you're going to start engaging in some incest, you kind of, it's almost like when you're going to jump into a, you know, a thing of cold water, you got to psych yourself up for it. All right. If, you know, if you got that nice hot water shower going and then the hot water just cuts off, that's going to be very surprising for you. Mike, they're not saying incest is okay. They're just saying there's more to it than you know. All right. That's all they're saying. Although I'm 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 going to, I'm going to have to tag this fucking podcast incest, but sure. Go ahead. Keep going guys. (laughs) Although I will say people at work i don't understand them because they're like ew john and, uh, and daddy are, are are you know nephew and niece and i just told them yo this show gave you seven seasons of a uh, of twin siblings having sex if anything that should have inoculated you some to not be so grossed out that in this universe a nephew and a and an aunt are you know gonna you know bone you know what's the name of the tough little girl 
Liana. Uh, Liana. Le- she dying too. Yeah, she did. I'm just saying. She about to go down. All right. Um. Yeah. The prequel is about the Starks. That's the one that Are got greenlit. Are you guys looking forward to when they uh, use that collapsible bridge that they happen to feature? That, uh, they happen to give what? that its own screen time. No, we, 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 real, real talk. Play, right? Real talk. Did we build up this battle for seven and a half seasons for this to be just an all-in-one episode next week? Is that what we're going to do or not? Because It's yeah, the longest wonder, battle, like... single battle filmed in cinema history. It is longer than the Battle of Helm's Deep, Bobby. This makes me wonder, are they going to kill the Night King in the next episode? I'm just saying, have these people seen Transformers 3? Because that battle was like an hour and a half. Mark took three naps. Okay? That was one battle. Okay? My favorite moment was the third time I attempted to wake Mark up, and he shooshed me away and said, like, leave me alone. I'm fine. I've taken the right choice. Leave me alone. Like, stop waking me up. I know what I'm doing. I I, I was watching him wake up, look at the screen, and be like, nah, man, fuck this. Fuck this. I'm going back to bed. To be clear, this is a movie theater, not someone's house. Um, anyway, um, all right, guys. Um, be back next week, unless somebody else got something else. And we're no, not back we, next we week. We're back in back two weeks. Week. We got two weeks. We're going to talk about Rose and uh, Jessica's fight coming up. We're going to talk about Anderson fighting Jared Cannonier for no reason. Uh, we're going to spoil see- the fuck out of Endgame, but at that point, you should have seen it twice. Yeah, exactly. Well, at least once. Um and then uh, we're gonna talk, and so we're gonna see if Donald Cerrone or uh, Ally Quinta is the next contender coming up in that mess of a weight class at 155, where we got a champion, an interim champion, another interim champion who was stripped, but hasn't lost. The third one's Tony Ferguson. You probably shouldn't fight anybody though. It's my two cents. Um, thank you all for listening. As always, um, I was Doctor Law. Kid Presentable was here. Lavender Gooms was here, and the returning. And newlywed, DJ Mark was here. Um, See y'all next week. Or fuck, I keep saying it. See y'all in two weeks. Peace out. Cheers. Cheers.